like most businesses, this is the same way that my coaching business came about. You did something for yourself Mm -hmm. and you saw the benefits of it. And then you realized that you had something that could improve the lives of others that you knew how to share and created a coaching program around that. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, You've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. Today, I am really excited to bring to you an absolutely amazing guest, Isabel Leong. Isabel is a full-time travel blogger and CEO coach roaming the world at a whim. She draws energy from being outdoors and explorer at heart. The world is her playground. She helps aspiring bloggers and brands get the most out of their online presence and financial freedom by ranking on Google faster with SEO and exposing millennial travelers to experiences beyond their imagination. I'm really excited to dig into this conversation with Isabel because I think that what she gets to do goes to the heart of how we define success and choosing the life that we want to live and really creating our business around that. So I'm excited to dig into that. I also think any business owner or entrepreneur knows that SEO and online attention is is the gold of what we are looking for. So I'm really excited to dig into this conversation with her. Really quickly, before we do, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Group Coaching Program. If you are somebody who's looking to take your success to the next level, if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, or service-based professional that's looking to reach the next level in your personal or business life, you're looking for that well, harmonious life to be able to have that balance between work and life, and you're struggling in finding that, then this program is for you. I have an amazing free worksheet for you that you can download. The link is in the show notes. It's at successdevelopmentsolutions.com slash LifeWheel. If you go there, download the worksheet that tells you how to design a life that is well-rounded, how to set goals, where your definition of success is. And if that hits home for you, let's schedule a call and talk about what the next steps are for you to live the life you've always wanted. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Isabel. Isabel, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi. Yeah, definitely. It's my honor. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, for sure. So I'm really curious to know, before we dig into some of the SEO stuff, was traveling something that you always wanted to do, this life where you get to pick up and travel in your location independent, was that always a goal of yours or when did that develop? Well, I wouldn't say I knew it from the beginning, but it was through, um, I was in university and I did a student exchange abroad for a semester. It was kind of through that first solo trip away from Asia where I'm from I'm from Singapore 
um, that made me discover this insatiable curiosity of the world. And also, it's also through dabbling into multiple corporate jobs in Singapore that I realized I want to do less of that and more of travel. And what, how old were you about in that? You said it was a study abroad. Was it like college or you said university years, right? Yeah, I was 21 years old back then. I think it's really interesting how that desire to get out and travel and the belief that we can actually do it happens in the 20s and 30s that we have. What's really interesting to me is, and and I'm curious to know what your experiences were, coming from an Asian culture where I feel like the expectations for academic achievement are really high. What was the experience that you had as you said, you know what, I'm actually going to go travel? Yeah, I mean, I was really fortunate in that growing up, my parents didn't really impose very strict limitations with what I want to study. They didn't impose like expectations on a certain grade that I have to achieve. So like um, throughout the educational um, stage that I was in, I was able to freely explore and study whatever I wanted. So I did like in university, I studied psychology and corporate communications, and and that was all good and fine. But um, in in the Asian context, you are tech, yeah, you are expected to you know graduate with a with a bachelor's degree and get a full time job. That's that's considered what a stable like a stable lifestyle is. And so, my parents definitely did wish for me to. Secure a secure a full time job, uh, you know, like um, earn a decent, um, steady income instead of one that fluctuates, instead of one that is dependent on many different factors. So, <laughs> this was definitely a lifestyle that they have, you know, constantly, even up till today, like seven over years later, they are still constantly. Whenever there's a chance, they will be like, "Oh, you should come back and get a full time job." Like they don't <laughs> say it explicitly outright, but. But sometimes they would like put, they would, whenever there's an excuse, they would just try and, you know, whisper that in my ear. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think we hear this from a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs. And um, there's different ways that people handle that between the frustration and the acceptance. And, you know, what's, what is your coping mechanism for that? How do you stay true to what you love to do when you've got these voices saying that you should be doing something different? Yeah, there are a couple of ways, both internal and external motivation that I have. Um, to me, I really prioritize, like my whole life motto is about like, you know, carpe diem, seize the day. Because back when I was in my early 20s, I'm like, um, I don't want to waste my youth just slogging away I want to prioritize happiness and well-being. I didn't want to just work 40, 50 hour week. And I really started looking at alternative lifestyle, which is the one that I'm leading now. And also I found that it helps to surround yourself with people or like with the lifestyle that you envision and want to live. So that really helped rather than, you know, surrounding yourself with naysayers, which totally doesn't help. Oh my gosh. I think that that's so important. I'm glad that you said that because I think the people that we surround ourselves with are so important in Mm -hmm. whether we have that strength to push through the people that are telling us that we should do something different. And I think what's really interesting is a lot of times those people 
they love us and and their their ideas that we should come back and do something that they consider safer is all out of love for mm-hmm. us. Um, but it's frustrating to our goals. So I'm glad that you said that. What is one of the things, because I feel like location independence is something that all entrepreneurs talk about, something that they want to have at some point in time, the freedom to be where they want, when they want to be there. What do you think one of the biggest misconceptions are about what it's like to have the ability to travel? That you have to have shit tons of money. They're always worried about income or finances. Yeah. And so the other thing is also like Wi-Fi, internet connectivity. They're always worried about that. That's awesome. So you don't have to have a lot of money. Um, I, the Wi-Fi and the internet connectivity, I get like for the most part, Mm -hmm. the world is entirely connected at this point, but the money thing I think stops a lot of people from doing a lot of different things that they would want to do, including traveling. What tips do you have for somebody who wants to travel and isn't doing so because of money, because of their perception of money? Yeah. For the most part, a lot of them, they're like, they kind of, in a fixed mindset where it's going to be more expensive living overseas than in my current situation, which for the most part, like most of the time that can be pretty untrue. I have been able to live in Mexico for under a thousand dollars a month, including rent and food. So it really depends on your lifestyle, like how flexible, how willing you are to change your current situation, your current predicament, and embrace an alternative lifestyle where you're not necessarily spending more or you're not necessarily living a very lavish, comfortable lifestyle, but it's still something that you're comfortable with. So a tip that I would give for people who are trying to um, have a manageable expense while also earning a decent income is really to go local. Um, One of the biggest expense is... um, accommodation and so like if you were to just book an airbnb on on the website it can cost a lot because it's more tailored towards you know frequent travelers or travelers who are just doing a few day trips but sometimes i've found that going directly to the locals to the people who own the houses to rent um longer term stays like a month or three months or six months at a time is way 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 cheaper than just going to airbnb and book and booking like three months, a three month stay over there. That's all, that's really, really good advice. So for your SEO and web um, marketing background, where did that come from? Did Was your university classes in any type of business management or marketing or how did you find the SEO world? Yeah, so I studied psychology, zero relevance to whatever I'm doing now. <laughs> Um, It all came about because, like I mentioned, I was on that student exchange to France. Um, I did like I was in Europe for six months and I wanted to make the most of my time there because back then I was thinking, okay, after I graduate, I'm going to work for the rest of my life. So I better have the time of my life now at 21 years old. And so, yeah, my travel blog was born because of that. I had tons of pictures. I've researched tons of itineraries. And so I wanted an outlet for me to share and document my travel journeys and so that's how I started the blog and initially it was all just a hobby blog um I never had well I I always wished that I could do it full-time but back then you know 
there weren't many successful case case studies uh, or or real life examples. People who did that, they're usually in more like more developed, more affluent countries like the U.S. or people who have like already traveled all their lives. So I was really just growing my blog on the side, and it's through a lot of experimentation, trial and error, studying my metrics and analytics that I really delved into what. Like I wanted to find a way to be the most efficient with my time, and so it's not just about turning articles over and over and over and over again, but really looking at what resonates with my audience, what is appearing on Google search, and it's also not about turning um, content on social media as well because with social media it's always um, like you always have it's a very active source of content creation where you always have to create new content whereas with SEO it's like I can publish a blog post about like a seasonal content like the best places to visit um, in summer in the US and if I publish that it will always surface every time summer is approaching that is um, exactly what happened with my best places to visit in Greece in October. And so every time like summer, fall approaches, I get tons of hits again. So it's always recurring traffic that is coming up and that helps with, so with more traffic, that helps with my advertising revenue and all sorts of passive income that come from the travel blog. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So I know there are a lot of people out there who are stuck in a job or a career that they're not happy with and they have this passion. And they're like, but nobody can make money doing that. And then we see, you know, travel bloggers or we see um, TikTokers that make mm -hmm. millions of dollars a month off of their videos with their dog. Like, it's crazy <laughs> because whatever you have this passion for, you can make money with. Mm -hmm. So for starting this travel blog, where did your passive income come from in that new blog? Yeah, I definitely did not get... I. My income was really fluctuating. Like before I hit 25,000 monthly page views, I would say I was just getting pennies from Google AdSense, from um, sponsors once in a while working with me. So the income wasn't stable. It was only after building a certain amount of page views, monthly page views, that I started getting more um, stable income. You know, like with certain metrics, people are also willing to pay you more for for the authority that you have with the blog. Mm -hmm. So were you doing, were you building coaching programs out of the blog? Were you doing more like affiliate um, income or was it more um, advertising? It was mostly advertising. So I have multiple streams of income through the blog. Like the first thing is you'll see all these ads whenever you read a blog post. So that's 100% passive. It's really reliant on the amount of traffic that I get. So they pay per thousand impressions. And then because of the authority, like sometimes I would be ranking for a lot of Greece content. Then there would be Greece tour companies that would be interested in getting a brand mention on my blog post because I'm getting um, a lot of eyes on certain blog posts. So then they would be willing to pay for those advertising costs. Um, the other way that I also monetize my blog is, yeah, through affiliate marketing. I do um, occasionally promote tours and hotels that I really recommend. And so I do earn a little percentage from it. It's not much, to be honest, because... Yeah, with affiliate marketing, they usually end in the travel field. They don't pay as 
much commission as maybe in the finance field. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only t- in 2020, like two, one, one, two years ago that I started this coaching program. So before that, it was all, it was all my travel blog that was funding my income. So what led to the creation of the coaching program? Oh, yeah. So I, by that time, I was already blogging like six years, five to six years down the road. I was already five to six years in. And I felt like I was learning everything I could. Like besides churning up more content, I felt like I wasn't pushing myself as much anymore. I started dabbling into video, but but it was during the pandemic actually. So there wasn't much travel videos I could do. So yeah, so like I had to think out of the box. I really wanted something to challenge me. And so I thought since I'm already like five half five to six years into this um, whole industry, why not use my knowledge to help others achieve this kind of lifestyle freedom that I now can do? What I think is really cool about what you're saying, and there's a couple of things I want to highlight. The first is that like most businesses, this is the same way that my coaching business came about. You did something for yourself Mm -hmm. and you saw the benefits of it. And then you realized that you had something that could improve the lives of others that you knew how to share and created a coaching program around that. And I think that that's really important because people oftentimes are saying, what can I learn? What, what else can I learn? What else, what other certifications can I get? What schooling can I go to? When what they should be asking themselves is what do I already know how to do that other people also want to know how to do that I can teach them. And I think that that's really cool that you picked up on that. Yeah, exactly. And also because, I mean, SEO does not just apply to blogging. It applies to any business out there that is, you know, that has a website they want to rank on Google without necessarily always paying for ads. And that's a really, it's a really in-demand skill that that's really useful for any online owners, business owners or content creators out there. Yeah. And that leads into my second point, which is, and then my knowledge of SEO is just above non-existent. So this will be a fun conversation. Um, But from what I know of it, it's not a short-term solution. Mm -hmm. It takes time to get your page to rank. And you mentioned before that you were five to six years into this journey, and then you created your coaching program, which is... My point is that people give up on things so quickly, whether it's a change in a career that they want to have, or whether it's learning a new skill, or whether it's starting a new business, they give up so quickly. You just said you were five to six years into learning when you decided to start your coaching practice. I was two and a half years into podcasting before my coaching practice came up. So it, it takes time. About how long should people expect before they start to see SEO on their site really taking off? Yeah. So with my experience and with my clients' um, company websites, I've found an average of three to six months for, for you to start seeing results. Okay. Three to six months. And during that time frame, what type of things should people be focusing on to know that they're moving in the right direction? Because obviously Mm -hmm. there's, you know, all these keywords that go on in the background and it may take time to get your site to rank, but is there a way to judge whether you're moving in the right direction? 
I would say to constantly monitor the keywords on your Google Analytics, on your search console, on your Google search console. And usually that's that's going to be the best indication on, on whether the keywords that you're targeting are, are they, are people actually picking up? Are Google, is Google actually ranking it based on the impressions that you get? Yeah, I think that that's really good advice. And also, <laughs> listening to you talk, I feel like you're talking Greek. And so <laughs> it's why I pay somebody like you to do my SEO. Um, so if anybody is listening, saying, I want to learn more about this, I don't really know where to go or what to learn. And there's so many um, conflicting pieces of information out there. Do you have anything that you could help steer them in the right direction? Yeah, most definitely. I do have a couple of free SEO trainings for beginners or for people who have already started out but, uh, but are feeling stuck with their traffic. Um, if you like, I can I can share the link here. It's for everyone. Yeah, of up. course. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. So you can go mm -hmm. ahead and share it for sure. Um, it I think, is it the be, um, bellaroundtheworld.com? Yeah, it's um, so Bell Around the World is my website and you can sign up for the free training at bellaroundtheworld.com slash sign dash up dash SEO. Amazing. And I'll put that in the comments to the live stream video True. on the Facebook group and then it will also go in the um show notes for the podcast as well. So you guys awesome. should definitely check that out. I really do think that SEO is extremely important for all of us that are producing content. And it's really interesting to me because like most businesses, it's a piece of the marketing puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. So I made this huge mistake for two and a half years creating my podcast with really no SEO. I have a, I have a YouTube channel with um, two years of content on that I've never really marketed or done anything with. And I started working with this marketing agency and realized that I had this gold mine of content. And so I was like, I'm not getting any traction. And they said, well... Mm -hmm of course you're not. Like, do you think people are just going to like guess where you're at? Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta show them. So I feel like there's a ton of people that are doing really cool things out there and nobody's ever going to find it because they don't know how to um, be known. They don't know how to be seen. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I always reiterate as well. It's amazing. So I want to ask you a few questions because I think that it's really interesting the life that you've allowed yourself to live given your location independence. I ask every single one of my guests this question and it's been different for every single one. What does success mean to you? How do you define success for yourself? Yeah, I would say it is like in terms of emotional, mental, physical in a setting, um, I would say is it comes from within where you are feeling secure about yourself. You are feeling confident and fulfilled with what you are doing. And like in terms of the physical surroundings, I would say like because I have been nomadic for a couple of years now, um, I want to eventually reach a stage where I'm able to find a place where I can call home where it's safe, secure, where I can be unabashedly myself, I can be, you know, unapologetically myself. And I think success, it's really, it's really reaching this level of attainment where you are just simply so satisfied and content with yourself that, that, you know, you're not second guessing yourself and, and constantly beating yourself up. 
So you said something really interesting, and that's that you want to find this place that you can call home. And I think it's interesting that there are so many people who want to see what the nomadic life is like, and now you're on it, mm -hmm. and you're like, man, I would really like to have this place that I could settle down and call home. At what point for you did that desire to have a stable place that you could always come back to start mm -hmm. to kick in? Good question. So I have, so uh, like right in the beginning of my whole travel journey, I've just always been like curious about the world, wanting to learn more about the world. And the more I went about it, the more I started questioning myself, like why exactly am I traveling so much? Why exactly am I doing what I'm doing? And when I really dug deep into this question, I realized that I really wanted to find a place. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, where I'm from in Singapore, but, like, I really wanted to find a place where I can really call, like, like where I can really be myself in. And it doesn't have to be a physical place even. Like, it could be with people that I surround myself with. Myself with. And, yeah, and so I guess part of the reason why I am still on 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 the map is because I am eventually looking to find myself at this place. Um, I feel like there are so many people who are in that same position mm -hmm. that they don't have the awareness yet to express it the way that you just did. And I think what it shows up as is a constant relocation of mm -hmm. all the things in your life, not just your physical location. People who change jobs a lot, people who, mm -hmm. um, who leave a relationship, people who bounce from different types of circles. I know that for me, that describes so much of who I used to be. I did a podcast episode on this recently that I was so involved in so many different things because if I slowed down, I had to be alone with myself and I didn't really know who I was. And so I would just stay busy. And I think it's really interesting that you said that you're traveling, looking for that place where you feel like you can just be yourself unapologetically. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I feel like also the whole time growing up, I was always searching for something that I could resonate with, whether it's something I like to study or whether it's a job I like. And eventually, like I, I turned into I turned to this path of travel blogging, which is something that I resonate with, like something that I really um, get excited waking up to every day. But yeah, in terms of like location stability wise, um, I am still on the mend on I'm still on my path of finding that that like one place that well technically it, could, it doesn't have to be one place but like just that feeling of security and home you know yeah absolutely so for you that place of security and home what qualities does that place possess for you it definitely is going to be somewhere where I can be a hundred percent myself like unapologetically myself growing up in Singapore we um, we usually live with our parents until we are married and then we get a place with our spouse and then <laughs> so uh, this is also one of the reasons why I'm on the road like I feel like I have to discover myself like I, I wanted to build my own identity outside of 
external external influences and so I found that with travel it really helps with building my character building my identity and helping me discover like within me and around me what exactly I am and what exactly I want yeah I think that's so true I love traveling alone and Mm -hmm. it's I think it's just so cool to go experience people and things and places Um, what's interesting is I find that I have deeper conversations with people I don't know when I travel alone exactly than I do when I travel with people yeah it's strange isn't it like you know with strangers you can connect more with them sometimes yeah well and I think it's really interesting because when somebody sees you with a group of people they don't necessarily want to interject themselves into a group of people but when somebody sees you alone it's easier to Mm -hmm. approach and start conversation Um, And for a long time, I used to be that person that was completely closed off. So when I would travel, I was traveling for a purpose. I wouldn't start conversations in an airport. Like, I don't know you. Why would I talk to you? What do I have to gain from this? And it got really beautiful in relationships and life when I started saying, you know what, this person, Mm -hmm. whether they're in my life for 10, 15 minutes or four hours or four weeks, they have something to offer me. That's why our paths crossed and starting those conversations. And that's why I love traveling alone is because you meet the most amazing people Mm -hmm. and have like some of the most life-changing conversations I've had have been in an airport with somebody I've never seen again. Yeah. It's all the spontaneity and really unexpected um, circumstances. Absolutely. So what's next for you? You have the SEO course, you have the coaching program that you're building, you're still doing the travel blogging. What's next on the horizon for you as far as what you want to try in the future? Yeah, I am definitely wanting to skill this coaching program. I feel like I'm still such a beginner in this whole coaching world. So I definitely want to skill, um, possibly create a mastermind sometime in the future. I'm also ramping up my travel vlogs, like my videos. And so I'm trying to get better at video taking, trying to get better at being in front of the camera. All this is very new to me, but it's really exciting. And I love challenges. That's amazing. Um, If there was a piece of advice that you had for somebody who wanted to be able to really let go of societal expectations to live a life that they want to have. Like, I really feel like that defines what you're doing right now, coming from a country that has, or a a culture, not a country, but a culture that has so many expectations about what you should be and what you should do. Um, You're defying those traveling and um, living the amazing life you have. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to do the same? Yeah, it can be really scary, really terrifying getting yourself out of the comfort zone and having to face all these naysayers. I would say to give yourself some leeway, maybe even just give yourself an, a period of experimentation where you will give yourself maybe three months to take a sabbatical or something like that and pursue something you might be remotely interested in. Like maybe you are in a medical field and you want to study web design if possible you can give yourself like this three months off to really pursue this and see if it works that was that was what happened to me like I was at a crossroads Um, I just finished my working holiday in New Zealand I was deciding whether or not to go back to Singapore and pursue a full-time job or attempt to make my travel blog my full-time job and so I gave myself three months to go to Japan 
and get serious with blogging, work full-time hours. And that was really the turning point for me where it like my results proved that I could do it and I've never looked back since. Well, congratulations on that. Before we start to wrap up, I would love to ask you a few questions, um, a quick random round to get to know you and give some value to the audience. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. If you um, could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? Oh, I've been, I've been lately really obsessing with interior design. So okay. I think that would be really fun. That's awesome. If you could time travel, you got the physical traveling down. If you could time travel, where would you go and why? That's such a hard one because I'm already, like, I feel like I have the opportunities to travel wherever I want. Um, Well, I would love to explore Mars. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you have a book or a resource that you feel like every business owner or entrepreneur should read to be able to live the life that they want to live? Yeah, if you are interested in pursuing more lifestyle independence, um, then I would highly suggest The 4-Hour Book Week by Tim Ferriss. Yeah, it's such a great book. Um, And my last question, because I'm absolutely a music nerd, what's your pump-up song? What do you listen to when you need to have a good day? Ooh, um, you know, American authors. Oh, I'm Born to Run. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic, like, motivational song. I'll have to check that out. That sounds um, really, really cool. And I do like American Authors. They're a great band. Um, Isabel, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I think that what you're doing, helping people understand SEO better is so needed. Um, Lord knows I need it. (laughs) Um, So I think that it's going to be so amazing as you help the people who have these wonderful, beautiful talents that have not figured out how to get seen yet um, to be able to help them really be able to grow their passions. And so I wish you the best of success with that. And I just wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in the name of that facebook group is success center head over there request to join and i look forward to connecting with you soon